Clinical Issues Role of the Perioperative RN in Implantable Medical Device Safety by Aaron Kyle Question What is the perioperative RN's role in implantable medical device safety in the OR? Answer The perioperative RN plays a crucial role in implantable medical device safety, both at the time of implant and during the care of surgical patients who have implanted devices in place. Perioperative RNs who work with surgical implants may find it helpful to understand the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's, FDA's, device labeling and the device manufacturer's instructions for use, IFU. Perioperative RNs should obtain, review, and follow the manufacturer's instructions for all implanted medical devices, either already implanted or intended to be implanted, before taking the patient to the OR. The perioperative RN is responsible for verifying that personnel follow all safety precautions defined in the FDA-approved medical device manufacturer's IFU at the time of implant and thereafter. Perioperative RNs should also be competent in reporting device failures and negative patient outcomes related to medical devices. The RN circulator should confirm that the correct implant is available before bringing the patient to the OR. He or she should understand all labeling on implant packaging and understand the IFU to support the surgeon who will be implanting the device. The RN circulator also should understand the patient's underlying physiological condition that necessitates device implantation. For example, cardiac defibrillator for arrhythmia, electronic spinal stimulator for pain, cochlear implant for hearing deficit. Collaboration among interdisciplinary team members, including the RN circulator, surgeon, device manufacturer representative, physiological monitoring personnel, surgical technologist or scrub person, and anesthesia professional, is critical for safe device implantation. Manufacturers can introduce medical devices, including implants, to the market in the United States in one of two ways. Through pre-market approval, PMA, or pre-market notification 510K. The method depends on the device's classification. See sidebar 1, which will also be narrated at the end of this article. And whether or not a similar device has already been FDA cleared and is in use. Medical devices requiring PMAs are either high-risk class 3 devices that pose a significant risk of illness or injury, or devices that are not substantially equivalent to class 1 and 2 based on the 510K process. The PMA process is more involved than the 510K pre-market notification process and includes the submission of clinical data to support claims made for the device. A PMA application is a scientific regulatory document sent to the FDA to prove the safety and effectiveness of a Class III device. Pre-market approval applications document the scientific study and validation of a medical device. The PMA application includes technical sections that are usually divided into non-clinical laboratory studies and clinical investigations. Non-clinical laboratory studies. The non-clinical laboratory studies section includes information on microbiology, toxicology, immunology, biocompatibility, stress, wear, shelf life, and other laboratory or animal tests. Non-clinical studies for safety evaluation are conducted in compliance with 21 CFR 58, Good Laboratory Practice for Non-Clinical Laboratory Studies. 
Device handling and sterilization information is found in this section. Clinical Investigations The Clinical Investigations section includes study protocols, safety and effectiveness data, adverse reactions and complications, device failures and replacements, patient information, patient complaints, tabulations of data from all individual participants, results of statistical analyses, and any other information from the clinical investigations. The FDA may approve devices for use that are found to be substantially equivalent to an already legally marketed device, predicate device, through a 510K pre-market notification instead of the full PMA. Substantially equivalent devices are determined to be at least as safe and effective as the device the 510K pre-market device is following, also referred to as the predicate device. The FDA must find that the intended use of the device and that of the predicate are the same for the device to be eligible for 510K approval. For those who are interested in knowing how a particular device was evaluated and approved, there is a searchable database of all 510K approved devices on the FDA Medical Devices website at https colon double slash www.accessdata.fda.gov slash scripts slash cdrh slash cfdocs slash cfpmn slash pmn dot cfm. The FDA outlines specific requirements for product labeling in 21 CFR 809.10, 21 CFR 610, and 21 CFR 660. Because products are marketed in multiple countries in which different languages are spoken, the FDA allows some standardized, symbol-only labeling of devices. Perioperative RNs should be familiar with the meaning of these symbols so that they are able to understand the implant label and handle it correctly. The package insert for the medical device should list definitions for any symbols used on product labeling. Many device manufacturers provide symbol labeling references on their websites. More information about symbols-only device labeling also can be found in American National Standards Institute slash Association for the Advancement of Medical Instrumentation International Standard 15222-1 from 2016. In addition to knowledge of the manufacturer's IFU, it is important that the perioperative RN handle the device in a manner that protects it from contamination when passing it to the sterile field. He or she should verify that the implant about to be opened is the one that the surgeon requested, is the correct size and laterality if applicable, and has an expiration date that has not yet passed. After passing the implant to the sterile field, the perioperative RN should document the device in the patient's medical record according to the organization's procedures, and complete any device identification materials to be sent to the manufacturer or with the patient. The perioperative RN should be aware of medical device event reporting requirements when caring for patients undergoing device explanation for device failure. These event reporting requirements are both internal, for example, safety reports by the organization, and external, for example, reports to the FDA and the device manufacturer. The FDA offers a program called MedWatch with a website for personnel to voluntarily report a serious adverse event, product quality problem, or product use error that any person suspects is associated with an FDA-regulated medication, biologic, 
medical device, or dietary supplement. Each year, the FDA receives several hundred thousand medical device reports, MDRs, of suspected device-associated deaths, serious injuries, and malfunctions. The FDA uses MDRs to monitor device performance, detect potential device-related safety issues, and contribute to risk-benefit assessments of these products. The MOD, Manufacture and User Facility Device Experience, database, houses MDRs submitted to the FDA by mandatory reporters, that is, manufacturers, importers, device user facilities, and voluntary reporters, that is, healthcare professionals, patients, consumers. Perioperative RNs contribute to the body of knowledge used by the FDA to make decisions about device safety by reporting all device-related issues using MedWatch. According to MedWatch, in order to keep effective drugs and devices available on the market for use by you and your patients, the FDA relies on the voluntary reporting of these events. FDA uses these data to maintain our safety surveillance of all FDA-regulated products. Your report may be the critical action that prompts a modification in the use or design of the product, improves the safety profile of the drug or device, and leads to increased patient safety. FDA Form 3500 should be used by healthcare professionals and consumers for voluntary reporting of adverse events noted spontaneously in the course of clinical care. In the event of device-related serious injury or device-related death, reporting is mandatory for the user facility. Perioperative RN should work with the healthcare organization's defined device failure reporting process to ensure that the required reporting occurs within the FDA's defined timeframe. Table 1 outlines the mandatory reporting requirements for device-related events. Sidebar 1. U.S. Food and Drug Administration Definitions for Implanted Medical Devices Device intended to be implanted in the human body for more than one year means a device that is intended to be placed into a surgically or naturally formed cavity of the human body for more than one year to continually assist, restore, or replace the function of an organ system or structure of the human body throughout the useful life of the device. The term does not include a device that is intended and used only for temporary purposes or that is intended for explantation in one year or less. Class 1 the class of devices that are subject only to the general controls authorized by the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. A device is Class 1 if general controls are sufficient to provide reasonable assurance of the safety and effectiveness of the device, or if there is insufficient information from which to determine that general controls are sufficient to provide reasonable assurance of the safety and effectiveness of the device, or to establish special controls to provide such assurance. But the device is not life-supporting or life-sustaining, or for a use that is of substantial importance in preventing impairment of human health and which does not present a potential unreasonable risk of illness of injury. These devices present minimal potential harm to the user and are often simpler in design than Class II or Class III devices. Examples include enema kits and elastic bandages. 47% of all medical devices fall under this category, and 95% of these are exempt from the regulatory process. Class 2 The class of devices that is or eventually will be subject to special controls. A device is in Class 2 
If general controls alone are insufficient to provide reasonable assurance of its safety and effectiveness, and if there is sufficient information to establish special controls, including the promulgation of performance standards, post-market surveillance, patient registries, development and dissemination of guidance documents, including guidance on the submission of clinical data in pre-market notification submissions in accordance with Section 510K of the Act, recommendations, and other appropriate actions the Commissioner deems necessary to provide such assurance. For a device that is purported or represented to be for use in supporting or sustaining human life, the Commissioner shall examine and identify the special controls, if any, that are necessary to provide adequate assurance of the safety and effectiveness and describe how such controls provide such assurance. Most general medical devices are considered Class II devices. Examples of Class II devices include powered wheelchairs and some pregnancy test kits. 43% of medical devices fall under this category. Class 3 The class of devices for which pre-market approval is or will be required in accordance with Section 515 of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. A device is in Class 3 if insufficient information exists to determine that general controls are sufficient to provide reasonable assurance of its safety and effectiveness or that application of special controls described in Section 515 of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act would provide such assurance, and if, in addition, the device is life-supporting, life-sustaining, or for a use that is of substantial importance in preventing impairment of human health, or if the device presents a potential unreasonable risk of illness or injury. These devices usually sustain or support life, are implanted, or present potential unreasonable risk of illness or injury. Examples of Class three devices include implantable pacemakers and breast implants. 10% of all medical devices fall under this category, and all implantable medical devices are Class three.